Well, hey, howdy, hey. Welcome to the Texans Take. All right. Yeah, we're back, ladies and gents. Had a little bit of a a hiatus for this or that, but. Yeah. Uh, One of the the things that we. The initial. Yeah, took a little bit of a break from was we were uh, uh, down in Florida. So that was fun. Um, My brother Nathaniel, my oldest brother, got married. And uh so we went down to his wedding so that was a lot of fun had a good time there had a good time there yeah it was just lots of fun spending time on the beach the tropical vibe mm-hmm. it was very nice got a nice crazy beer. drivers you know yeah that was something i had to get used to you i, I don't know is, is there a lot of crazy drivers that you ran into because I, I didn't meet any of them you didn't no i didn't experience any normal any crazy drivers outside of the normal crazy drivers i don't know some of them where i thought were a little especially if you got on the interstate mm-hmm. if you weren't on the interstate it may not have mattered so much i but... didn't drive on the interstate much um we got there and just kind of drove around there we got back on 75 after we left um but aside from that yeah, see, I was on... in Bonita, so I had to get on the interstate yeah. to drive down, which wasn't about five minutes, but still. Yeah. The only the only traffic that I really experienced was just the stuff on 41, and there really wasn't much. No. But, uh, I mean, nothing more than you would expect. Yeah. You know, uh, we were probably the crazy drivers down there, as far as that goes, just because we were a bunch of tourists hauling around in my brother's truck. Um, the tank. Yes, it's lo- it's lost a lot of armor. <laughs> Still fun to drive in, that's for sure. She's taking some hits. Yeah, we're always like, it's always kind of like you know, don't take the truck, I mean, it'll be so expensive. I mean, gas is not as expensive as it could be, but it's still pretty dang expensive. And yeah. that thing is a gas guzzler. Yeah, drinks it. Um, but he likes to take it just because he really likes his truck, and, and, and like, you know, all right, well, if you want to spend the money on it, you go ahead. It ain't my truck, but he's always very generous with it, and so it's kind of like, you know, don't take it, William. Financially, it's a bad decision. And then once you get down, and then once he takes it, you're like, I'm so glad you took it. It's so nice, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like going to a nice restaurant. You know, it's like I don't want to go to that restaurant. It's so expensive, but once you're there, it's like. Oh, this is so good. It's yeah. a wonderful idea. Yeah, I, I would love a dessert. Thank you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> another margarita while you're at it. Right. You know, um, William's truck is kind of the same way. It's nice. It's nice to have it because you can fit five, six people comfortably in the cab, and then it's a truck bed, so you can just stuff people in the back who don't care, like me. <laughs> and I actually enjoyed being in the back, especially since you know you're in Florida. It's nice weather. It's warm or hot or whatever, and you're driving around. Nice breeze. Ah, feels great. It always surprises me when people don't have a problem with that. I mean, used to it, it was just the thing. Yeah, you know. And anymore, it's one of those things where it's like, anytime you do it, is somebody going to say something? Are we going to get the cops called on us? I've had that happen before, and it's a uh, it's I, a rather interesting. See, I don't understand that. I mean, because there's nothing. I mean, there are laws surrounding that, but I believe it's if you're over sixteen, then it's perfectly legal. Yeah, but you know, I've still I've had like yeah, it's like people who just don't know or just like you know, oh, that's yeah. probably wrong. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Go bark up the wrong tree, Karen. 
And of course, it's never, you know, the the real story is never implicated. It's always, there were kids in the back. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, obviously the cops have to come out. And that's. But it always it always makes me like grin a little bit when nothing happens. I was like, yeah, people still don't care. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like out in the country, that's just what you do. Yeah. You know, get from A to B. You get in the back of the truck, you know, the truck. Yeah. You know, unless you have a vehicle that has enough seats for everybody. But it makes the most logical sense in certain situations. Yeah. So. Uh, we always like, you know, the only one who really had a truck that I remember or spent a lot of time with growing up was Robbie Woodward. We spent, we spent out, spent a lot of time with Zeke and he had a truck. And so anytime he was going somewhere, you know, we would just jump in the back of the truck and he'd drive us wherever, Mm -hmm. you know, it didn't matter if we were going to his house or going, you know, looking through Kiwanis or Goodwill, you know, or just driving through town or going on a camp out, you know, the back of the truck is always an option. So, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's just part of growing up, you know, it's like, I don't know. It it's, doesn't seem like a big deal to get in the back of a truck. No. Obviously, if you have a wreck, then the people in the back of the truck are probably going to get hurt. But if you have a wreck, everybody's probably going to get hurt. Yeah. Are there any seatbelts back there? No. But and I mean, in all in all honesty, you don't do that at high speeds really usually either. No, you really don't. You like know? if you're going to be getting on the highway or anything, generally you don't, you know. You have enough seats for everybody. It just that can get uncomfortable quickly. You know, it's not the safest thing in the world. But if you're just driving short distances, you know, yeah, it's kind of big deal. You know, and even like when we were just driving around in Florida, speed limits didn't really get up that high. No, and we were all old enough to be responsible for ourselves. And when you get in the back of the truck, it's like, hey, that's on you. Yeah, nobody else is at fault but you. Yeah, if somebody else doesn't drive well, you know. Obviously, it's nice if you're the driver, you have to be careful because it'll fall on you in some respect. But the fact of the matter is they still got in the back of the truck. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, they knew your driving habits in advance, most likely. Yeah. But, uh, man, we uh, we I, I don't know. It's, it's so good to, to relax and just spend time not worrying about work and stuff like that. So down at the wedding, you know, we just. It was just very relaxing. We had a pool in the back of the Airbnb. You know, uh, we'd go to the beach. The beach wasn't too far away. It was about two miles away, which I prefer to be a little bit closer. But this actually worked out really well, you know. Um, And uh, it was nice. We went to the botanical gardens before we came back. Um, When I say we, I mean like, you know. Uh, Juliana, I, and I guess pains and lions went, not all of them. I don't think we went with, uh, your dad, the, the zoo. Did you go to the zoo? Yeah, we went, okay. I went with your dad and, uh, and he had a uh, Veronica. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't go to the zoo. Um, blank on her name at that moment. Like, yeah. That one. And I do like the zoo. I don't know why, but there's just a little part of me that enjoys like greenery and garden and vegetables and fruit and stuff like that just a little bit more i don't i don't know what it is but like if you if if i knew what was at a botanical garden versus what was at a zoo or an aquarium or something i would probably choose botanical gardens yeah you know and i just went to you know because we enjoyed the botanical gardens in naples so much I was like, oh my gosh, Asheville has some botanical gardens. Let's go see that. Yep. So we went to go see that, and it was just a forest. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just a walking path. They had basically just labeled the stuff that was already there. It's like, oh, well, 
that's disappointing. Yeah, it was a nice walk. I had a good time. Saw some woodchucks, <laughs> you know, little woodchuck family, mama chuck and two little baby chucks and chuck and, you know, <laughs> it's kind of cool. You know, I'd seen them before, but not that up close. Yeah. Um, they had a little chuck hole and, you know, you can. Uh, it's kind of fun. But anyway, so that was kind of cool. But like. Just like all the fruit just growing, all the tropical fruit just growing all over the place down in Florida was so cool. Oh, yeah. I love that. I just go nuts when I see it. It's like, there's a fruit growing on that tree. Oh, my gosh. You know, go eat it. You know, and it's green and it's like, you know, not even ripe yet. And you go take a bite out of it anyway just because you can. And then it's like, oh, well, that's nasty, you know. <laughs> that didn't make sense at all. Now, the coconuts, that the coconuts, that's what I like about coconuts because... Even if they're not ripe yet, they can still be big and green mm-hmm. and that you can still eat them. You don't really eat them. You really just crack a hole in them and get the water out of it because when they're still green like that, they have a lots of water. Right. So much so that when you shake them, you, you won't hear actually it. hear anything. Oh, you won't? You won't hear, hear anything because it's so full. Oh, right. That's cool. I guess yeah. I never thought about that. Now, after they get brown and fall off the tree... As soon as they hit the ground, that is the boom you perfect know. time to eat them because um, that's when they're the most ripe. When they fall off the tree, that's that's perfect. You know, they probably get them either at or just before that for like the grocery stores and stuff. Um, but when Julianne and I were down in Key West, you know, I was like on a mission to go find coconuts. I gotta go find coconuts. You know, I'm at the beach. Gotta go get a coconut. I'm gonna shimmy up the tree and get it. Well, shimmying up the tree didn't really work that well, but you know. Uh, we found some coconuts, and I saw one that was just lying there on the ground, and I was like, "Easy!" So I went and picked it up, you know. And that was you literally picked coconuts. I did, ah, you know. Ah, and ah. I tell you what, that like go to any grocery store and buy a coconut, you know, a fresh coconut, still got some water in it, you know, right. thick, you know, uh, meat inside. This was every bit as fresh, if not fresher. Than anything you find at the store. This is the perfect coconut. That is awesome. And we ate the whole thing. You know, we took we took the whole coconut out of the shell. We peeled the outside brown layer and just you know ate all the meat inside. There's there's a little bit of water. Um, when it's ripe, there's still a little bit of water in there. Not much, only a like two or three, maybe four ounces. Um, but if you get a a, a normal sized coconut, like a large. Maybe a large coconut or something. Say, what do you that's green. As a normal size. That's coconut. green, and um, you know, you shake it, you can't hear anything because it's so full. When you crack right. a hole in that thing and you pour it out, you can get eight to twelve ounces of coconut water. That's ridiculous. Go to the store and pay five bucks or six bucks for the same thing. This is fresh off the tree. Yeah, it takes a little bit of work to get it out, but it's like worth it so yeah. good also here if you drink too much of that you can get the runs so you've been warned <laughs> but uh i never did that i think i just have a abnormally steel like stomach um, like, like a like a vulture yeah man it was uh it's like been several times you wouldn't where think should... that was a compliment but yeah there's know. there's been several <laughs> times where i actually should have gotten as far as i know i should have gotten like you know violent diarrhea or something or an upset stomach and i was just like oh no it tastes pretty good to me you know everybody else is sick but i wasn't and that doesn't mean gut flora there that doesn't mean that i i don't get sick when i eat food it's just you know there was like this time at work where 
the uh, the coleslaw was bad. You know, somebody left it out in the sun for several hours and then brought it in. And like everybody else tried it. and was like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. It doesn't taste right, you know. And literally people the next day did not show up to work because <laughs> they were stuck in the bathroom because they were having stomach problems because of eating just a normal amount of coleslaw. What did Stuart do? He saw that and he's like, oh, coleslaw. He gets a bowl, a heaping bowl of this stuff. And I'm like, ah, it tastes pretty good, you know? And I eat it. Oh, so good. And then I hear about all the people that didn't come to work the next day because, you know, they're like, the coleslaw was bad. Did y'all try the coleslaw? You know, everybody who had it was feeling sick, you know, and they didn't come in. I was like, I had a whole bowl of it. I thought it tasted pretty good. And they're like, yeah, an iron stomach or something, kid. And, you know, it's like, I guess so, you know? But uh, anyway, whatever the case is, (laughs) (laughs) I guess maybe, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I'm still alive, I guess. Um, but you know what was really nice down in Florida was the um, one of the best evenings um, was having that cookout with everybody. That was so much fun. You know, I just really like that grilling so out fun. a hamburger, you know, hot dogs, grilling meat, you know, uh, smoking cigars, drinking a beer. You know, and it was even it was even raining, you know. Yeah, it was but I mean, who cares? It's just like, you know, we were inside, we were dry, we we're having a good time, you know, there's uh some leftover chili. So um for my brother's wedding, um for the rehearsal dinner, you know, it's usually the groom's parents provide the dinner. Uh, the I, rehearsal I, I did not know that was oh, a thing. Now you know it is a thing, it's always been a thing. There's don't don't feel bad. There's so much wedding stuff that I'm I learned. usually late to the party on what there's so much wedding stuff that I learned about. that I have just had no idea, you know, but w- what I'm what I'm really happy about is that gets me out of a few dinners. And the there future. you go. There you go. Yeah. But that's the problem, though, is because um, basically so with weddings. The bride's family I have is supposed this. to pay for the wedding. Yeah. You know, that's or the at downside. least the meat of the wedding, you know, like the big chunk, the big portion. And so that's why dads are like, you know, oh, I've got a bunch of daughters. I love my daughters. And then other people are like, yeah, but think about when they get married. And then he's like, oh, shoot, you're right. You know, got to pay for a wedding. Ah, It's not as bad as all that, but it could be. Um it's and like, then it's like paying for a big party. Yeah. I mean, so the the bride's family uh, traditionally pays for the wedding, but the groom's family traditionally provides the dinner at the rehearsal. Okay. I don't know where that started. I just I just know that that's the thing. Somebody um, got mad one day and went, "Hey, you're not paying for anything. Yeah, you're not doing anything. anything. Do something useful. <laughs> you know. He's like, I'll pay for the pre, the pre-game experience. Yeah. And so anyway, like my parents are coming down. They have to drive 13, 12, 13 hours to get down there yeah, from North Carolina. And so mom was kind of like, you know, do, we have to we have to do the rehearsal dinner. Dang. What are we gonna do? And I don't want this to be ridiculously expensive. We don't have anything. You know, we'll be down in Florida, you know, at an Airbnb, which granted, Airbnbs, like if you get a big one, generally it's stocked pretty well. Even yeah. the kitchen is stocked pretty well. But mom was kind of worried. She's like, what are we going to do? You know, what am I going to make? You know, I don't want to go get go down there and just like buy a bunch of Publix, you know, um, I don't know, 
fruit trays and meat trays or something. I mean, it works. But mom was just like, there's got to be something better we can do. And then she was like, oh, wait, we're Texans. Oh, wait, we're Texans. We'll just make some chili. That's great. And it works great. I don't know if it was mom or Nathaniel that thought of that. But Nathaniel's been telling Rosie for a long time. He's like, you know, hey, my family, we like to get together and get the community together. Anybody that will come and we like to make Texas chili and we'll feed everybody be a great big party. And they're wonderful times. You know, everybody's having a good time. Mm -hmm. Big Texas chili party. But they're down her, you know, her family's down in Naples, Florida. So Nathaniel's like, man, who knows when I'll ever be able to get them up here for that? Because it's such a long drive. And it's a good time, but you know, is it good enough to drive 13 hours up and back? 13 hours up and 13 hours back? I, I don't know. So then I was just like, I want her to experience this joy, but ah. And so he's like, oh, wait a minute. What if I just have to do the rehearsal dinner? We'll just have chili for that. Then they can experience a Texas chili party. That's awesome. And so mom was like, yeah, and I do chili. Like, that's what we do, you know? And so it was so easy. Bada bing, bada boom exactly bada bing bada boom and so they made chili and it was wonderful and mom even like props to mom she like like down in florida she didn't want to go buy a whole bunch of you know different uh cooking implements and tools and stuff like that because it gets expensive real quick you know and what are you gonna do take it back with you you got everything else to take and so they had a mom Fortunately, William brought the truck, so there was enough room to bring some of the big stuff that she needed. But mom was like making cornbread, and she used like uh, we had some of those those uh, aluminum the tins. disposable tins, yeah, yeah. disposable tins, you know. And I think I think we I'm trying to remember. I think we had gotten something that those were used for, and mom was like, "Oh, save those. You know, don't throw them away." And we'll use that for the, you know, the cornbread. I was like, oh, what a good idea. So I cleaned them out really good. Mom used them for the cornbread. And each one of those tins are completely full with cornbread. And it was so good. This cornbread was fantastic. Music to my ears. There was cornbread for days and days. And eventually you're kind of like, all right, you know, I'm kind of tired of cornbread. But we had chili for days too because mom made plenty of everything. And there wasn't a as huge of a as huge of a crowd at the rehearsal as I was expecting. They're still sizable, but not like huge, huge. And mom made enough chili for like everybody. And so right. we all ate really well, but there was still lots of chili left. And so we're like, there's lots of chili left, you know? So we had chili for days. And then at that the, the cookout that we had, yeah. we had chili dogs, you right? know. Texas chili with chili. Oh, it's the best. It's so it good. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love a good chili dog. I love. Unlike Brig, I actually really like hot dogs. They got to be like the good ones. Got to be nice, good beef, beef franks. And if they're like, if they're a, um, like a, a German Vorst or something, oh, a brat. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. But I like standard hot dog, you know. I was actually just talking about corn dogs with my wife today. She's just like corn dogs. Mm-hmm. See, I like, actually like corn I dogs. like corn dogs. They're I good, like you know. Uh, are they cheap food? Yeah, but they're actually really good. It's basically just cornbread around a dog. It really is. That's you know. Now she was saying that she didn't like it growing up because the the corn the cornbread was so sweet. And I was like, oh, now I probably wouldn't appreciate that that much either. Yeah, it is a very sweet. I do not 
like sweet cornbread at all. I ordered sweet cornbread once and it didn't ruin the meal, but it just about ruined the meal. Yeah. Especially because, like, you know, when I order cornbread. Because it's overdone. Yeah. It's just so sweet. It's not a dessert. This isn't cake. This is cornbread. I don't like any sugar in there. Mom will use a little bit. I'm okay with a little bit, but I actually really prefer it like. I don't ever put any in mine. None. None at all. You the know. corn is going to be sweet enough on its own. Right, exactly. You know, and so I was like, okay, that would damper it a little bit. But if you have a little mustard, but the, you know, for the for the yeah, I usually doused it in mustard. Yeah, so. absolutely. So yeah, we're just uh, we're kind of talking a little bit today about you know the stuff that I used to like and still like and how I like everything that I like then now just more grown up taste, more right. gourmet, particular, <laughs> you know, um, and. Uh, it's it's nice to say that because it's like you know um it, it, like uh chocolate when i was a kid any chocolate give me chocolate and i was a happy guy right you know and i still like chocolate now but now it's like is that hershey's really yeah. you're eating hershey's yeah come on man like get something better and so i just went to trader joe's and if you haven't been to trader joe's have you been to trader joe's i have been what what Tell me your view on Trader Joe's. What, what what do you think about it's it? It's overpriced. Okay. It it can be overpriced. I was actually just there. I actually thought the prices were pretty good. Yeah. It, I mean, obviously, well, it depends. It depends on what you get. But like, I got a pound, one point one six pounds of chocolate, Belgian dark chocolate, for like six bucks. Yeah, I don't know. The I bar was that big. I don't usually price chocolate, so. Huge. But that does sound like a good deal. Like, you can pay that much for just, like, two ounces, yeah. you know, of Girardelli or something. I've only been once or twice, so I'm a, I'm a horrible person to ask, but I do remember it was overpriced, and that's probably what led As me with to all sorts, and, and you're not wrong. There, there are yeah. a lot of stuff there that's expensive. Maybe overpriced, maybe it's because it's quality product, or maybe it's just expensive altogether. I don't know. Um, but there, there are things there. Me at every grocery store you go to, there's going to be some things that are going to be overpriced relative to somewhere else, which is why I really like shopping around. I'll get the standard stuff, like cheap stuff at angles. I'll get some stuff like chips. I like to go to, um, Hoppy and go for chips because they're bagged. They're, they're safe. Hoppy and co is what the rotten food store. It's a secondhand food store, whatever you call it. But they sell their chips for like, a dollar for a bag and they're still good. So I'm like a deal. So I go to Hoppy and go for chips. Um, and, uh, then you go, uh, over here for meat. Cause if you buy, if you buy organic, you know, uh, beef, organic grass fed beef at, uh, Ingles, it's going to be like almost $10 a pound. Oh, but if you go to the fresh market or wherever to buy beef or Publix or some places, you can get it for like $6 a pound. It's like that I can do, you know, they just really have to shop around. And so anyway, I find stuff that I like at different places. And so like at Trader Joe's, I, I just got over a pound of chocolate and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this, yeah, but it's dark like chocolate. I love dark chocolate, which from what I hear, if you go to Belgium or France or switzerland no actually actually switzerland specifically when you go to switzerland like i prefer dark chocolate just because i'm like milk chocolate is too sweet but apparently in switzerland if you get dark chocolate you're like crazy and nuts because they specialize in milk chocolate 
And there's a lot of subtleties that you can add to the chocolate. There's a lot of craft that you can put in it. Right. And it's just obviously not going to be there in Hershey's, you know. But, you know, when you go to the creme de la creme of chocolate, you know, the milk chocolate's going to be good too. I just like the dark chocolate because it's like more chocolate. <laughs> and not quite as sweet because I don't like it as sweet. But like Reese's. I love Reese's. Always have. Now I like the Trader Joe's Reese's because they're like organic, dark chocolate, real peanut butter Reese's, like no weird ingredients. It's like, dude, I love it. Right. It's kind of cool to grow up and have the same tastes, just more refined. Right. It's more fun that way. It's like I can actually enjoy something in its purity instead of being a kid and being like, you know, more sugar is better, you know, more quantity is better. If we can only teach the world's beer drinkers that. Oh, my Jeez. Oh, that's another thing. I've got a better taste for beer, too. <laughs> I didn't well, have a very good taste for beer when I was a kid. Um, I mean, because yeah, I was, didn't yeah. get any. I got some tastes, but I didn't really like them. You know? yeah. I was like, oh, who'd drink that? You know? Well, we're going to have to take a break right here, and we will be right back. All right, we are back. Yes, indeed. Oh, and the topic of today, I think it's something we can all say happens every day. Yeah. Maybe moment to moment, you know, question mark. Uh, But recognizing temptation. Ooh. So my first thought and question when you say that is, do you have a type of temptation in mind or are we talking about any kind of temptation? Generalizations. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Because uh, we could spend years potentially yeah, talking yeah. about the different types. The uh, the woman temptation is the one that's usually approached the most biblically. Um, but there's a because lot we know that's kind of, of the temptation source. around there. Yeah, yeah, you know that's kind of kind of the source. But you know, um, temptation itself is something that everyone deals with. Yeah, and I, you know, it's not just Christians. Nope. Temptation is a very, very broad thing that happens Global. to all humanity. You know, um, it has happened since the fall of man. Yeah. And it's going to continue happening. It's not uh, it's not going to change. It's not going to, if anything, it might light up a little bit. Right. But we have quite a few and and I've only got a few because I was like, we after I started digging I just kind of decided to pick a few. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you know, you there's a point to. where we just might as well read the Bible all yeah. from cover to cover if we're going to talk about every temptation. Right. But I think there were some big ones, and there's some that I'm going to include in here that I did not have prepared, and that's just because I kind of planned it that way. Hey, honestly. sounds good. Last minute, that way there's no, you know, Stuart can't read my notes and go, oh, I know what I'm going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to hear it fresh. So <laughs> sweet, sweet. So I, I, I kind of orchestrated that intentionally. But the first thing, and uh, my sources here for this is uh, encyclopedia.com. Okay. Because uh, as much as I kind of find the generic Wikipedia encyclopedias and all these other um, just generic format sites for what used to be a book, generally don't give what I'm looking for. They give a very broad term. Right. And in this, I'm going to let, I'm actually going to let Stuart read this. Oh but, yeah, sure. Um, I, had it, I had it pulled up the here. Bible. There it is. Boom. 
Uh, I thought, and this is from encyclopedia.com, I thought this was a very good definition of like the terminology, how it's used. And surprisingly enough, it did use biblical references. So nice. we have we have some things to going on, ex- including like the Septuagint yeah. uh, that we're going to talk about here. And then we'll we'll discuss it a little bit. So, Stuart, if you want to go ahead and reading at the top there. Sure. Um, and. Do you want me to just uh, uh, read this termination, uh, ter- uh, terminology, termination. definition? Whew. Yeah, just just through the definition. Okay, okay. So temptation uh, in the after Bible. after the paragraph where it starts in the Old Testament. That's that's pretty much. That's it. Stop that's there. pretty much what Stop I before that. Once I got to that point, I was like, "That is so much information." I uh, think yes, we can, yes. For the first cycle, we could stop there. Yeah. You know. So. In the Bible, the word temptation primarily denotes a trial in which man has a free choice of being faithful or unfaithful to God. Only secondarily does it signify allurement or seduction to sin. After treating of the, after treating of the terminology and definition of temptation in the Bible, this article discusses the idea of temptation, first in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament. Terminology the Hebrew noun Massah, ordinarily translated as temptation, is derived from the word nasa, meaning to try, prove, put to the test. The Hebrew verb bahan, or bahan, I'm not sure, originally meaning uh, to assay metals, is also used figuratively of God testing men. However, Hebrew does have uh, several verbs with the specific meaning of seducing or alluring into evil, such as hita or hesit from sut and nida. Um, in in classical Greek, the verb eh, what is that? Py pyroso maybe. I'm not good at reading Greek. No, is used first in Greek. the sense, first in the sense of to attempt, and then in the meaning of to try to test, but not in the meaning of to tempt to evil. Yet the latter connotation is common in the Greek of the Septuagint and the New Testament. The noun uh, pi or peras Perasuos, I think, maybe. I'll go with that. Sure. Uh, is an almost exclusively biblical <laughs> It's in <word>. hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah. Meaning not only trial or test, but also temptation to evil. Now, I want you to know I did not have you read this for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, though. I, was... I actually wasn't thinking about that yeah. until you were, like, actually going there. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. You're like, oh. I think I would have gone the noun blank. The noun. <laughs> Do the whole Jim Carrey thing. <laughs> temptation. Ah, definition. Temptation in the Bible sense is a situation in which one experiences a challenge to choose between fidelity and infidelity to one's obligations towards God. God tempts, i.e., tests men's fidelity to himself. Men, by their fidelity or infidelity, tempt, i.e. test, God, to reward or punish him, punish them. Temptation presumes that God's word has been given and, and connotes the covenant relationship. Adherence to the covenant is fidelity, has said, 
which entitles the faithful partner to a reward. God is never unfaithful, unfaithful to his own word. Man, however, by being seduced or deceived, trusts creatures, thereby testing God's patience. The evil that befall God's people appear as manifestations of his anger merited by infidelity. Since the covenant, as an initiative of God's favor, became mutually effective only after being ratified in Exodus, uh, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and blah, 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 subsequent generations saw themselves obligated or tested to fidelity in union with their forebearers. That's a lot. It's a lot. I thought the definition was pretty good, though. Yeah. It's kind of like as, as undetailed and detailed as you could get. Mm-hmm. And most of this, and I, I mean, I think a lot of this comes from the orthodoxy meaning. Yeah. Uh, then, then what the, you know, layman's term meaning of temptation is. But let me ask you this. What is the, the first thing other than Adam and Eve? Because if you say that, that's just. That's cliche at this point, because that's the first thing everyone thinks of. Other than that, what is the first thing that comes to mind when I say temptation? David and Bathsheba. See, that is exactly what came to mind for me, which was the one thing I don't have in here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that is the one big one. It's the one that, you know, everyone says Adam and Eve. That's that's your first go to because that was the first one. You know, so at that point, the David and Bathsheba thing, that is what I would, you know, uh, the whole seduction sin kind of thing. And we could go into, like I said, types of sin. Yeah. For days, years, forever. There's always different types of sin. But at the base, it is still, quite frankly, sin. Yeah. It is still as much of an insult to God as it should be to everyone else. Right. And that is something that I actually, I was thinking about that when I was putting this together, it's an insult. Mm-hmm. It is an insult to God. It is like if I walked up to you with just a handful of sand and threw it in your eyes. Yeah. I wouldn't appreciate that. No. <laughs> and and that's essentially what we're doing to God. We're walking up and just spitting in his face. Yeah. And then moving on, as if we did not just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, you have God going, did he just do that? Really? He, he's still walking away. He, he doesn't know. Okay. But we don't think about it like that. Yeah. And I, I, I want you to go through, because you say it a lot better because I've heard you say it numerous times, but the whole idea of sin and the snow cone. The snow cone. I'll explain. And how our our sin is just a handful of crap. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, I see what you're yes, saying. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. Um, it's really a good interpretation. I mean, yeah, it's um, our sin is like um, I I don't I don't know if I use snow cone or not, cream, but like ice cone, cream. Ice cream. It's uh, our sin is uh, uh, poop in the ice cream. Yeah. You know, ice cream is a wonderful thing and it's very enjoyable, but Think about when God sees our sins, it's about the same as if you were eating a bowl of ice cream and then saw or found a piece of poop in there. How would you feel at that moment? I don't know about you, but I would be 
absolutely disgusted. And I would want to knock the block off of whoever put that in there and teach them a lesson. That's the way God sees our sin. And that's, you know, the the next point is like the birthplace, which is Adam and Eve, yeah. which is the first thing everyone thinks of when you hear hear the, the sin and, you know, that temptation to sin. And that's exactly how God felt mm-hmm. when it came to, hey, you know, I, I, I he didn't have a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, it's one. Yeah. Don't eat that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not good, you yeah. know. And then you, yeah, someone comes along and goes, "Hey, <laughs> he didn't know what he's talking about." Yeah, I've known him a long time. He's good at mistakes, you know. Move on with your life, you know. Um, I think it's funny and sad how when God makes rules, how quickly after we but hear the making nothing. of the rule that it's broken. I mean, you know, Aaron. Yeah, exactly. Moses had been gone how long? hadn't even, you know, walked down the mountain yet. And God's like, oh, Oh, they're sinning again. They're making a a golden calf. And Moses is just like, guys, I wasn't gone that long, you know? And so he comes down the mountain and breaks, literally, physically breaks god's law the tablets the first tablets he throws them down they smash and i think that's very symbolic of like we broke god's law big we time. barely he wasn't, got the rule yeah and we've already god broken just it. finished writing it down before oh it's broken and honestly that's like you know it's kind of the way we are we can't go very far for very long no. without breaking god's law no you know so, so I've got a, if I recall correctly, it was a slew of verses. A hue, a slew. Oh, that's right. So each one of these are, did you pull up the second link? Got it. Awesome. So each one of these are a different verse. Uh, and there's so many of them. I'm going to give you the the privy of picking the ones. That, sure. Because there's so many. Like I said, you could go on for. All right. Well, let's just read some of these. Um, stop me whenever you need. And they to. are just concerning really temptation to sin. That is yeah. that is kind of the you have to get past the pretty picture that they put on each one of these. So this is James 1, 13 through 18. When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived... Actually, actually I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, go. Because I've said, I've said this for years, and I talk... I, I, I like to ask this question to people. Mm-hmm. Because... And, and again, this goes into something that we'll probably travel into later, which is types of sin. Because like I said, we could go into that forever. Yeah. What would you say the first sin was? Oh, I remember this question. I don't remember the answer though. That's good. That's was good. It temptation. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly, we can say that, but that is that is not what I see as the first. Go true for sin. it. Let's hear it. Greed. Greed. 
And so if you look at uh, verse 15, mm-hmm. uh, or actually uh, verse 14, it's, but if each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire, desire and enticed. And, enticed. Yeah. and that is, that's kind of what puts in that format of it's, uh, the first, first sin was greed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you had just enough of it that they wanted the apple. Yeah. You know, they were enticed by that desire, yeah. though it be evil. That was their desire because at the end of the day, they're being tempted by evil to do something against what God has said. You know, that was the only law. Like yeah. there, it was pretty like, you know, you can speed down the highways and everything. No one's going to catch you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but continue. Uh, let's see. Then after a desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. Don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. There's a lot there. Yes, there is. So Luke twenty-two forty, 40, um, on reaching the place, he said to them, and I think this is Jesus talking, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Um, so just hearing that right there, um, do you offhand remember uh, where the Lord's Prayer is given in the Bible? Because talking about temptation, that's a big place that we see all I the time not. as Christians. Oh, let me just not. look it up. Um, I really need to get better at that. It's a, It's like I know it's there. Okay, so it looks like Matthew 6, 19 through 13. Let me just pull that up right here. I got to be below. Ladies and gentlemen, we come to you with the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible, New King James Version. Hadn't heard that in a minute. I know, right? Matthew. Uh, got to get back to the basics, too. That's right. Back to the basics, the way we started. That Bible has been with me for nine years. That's a good long time. 6, 9 through 13. Ah, there it is, the Lord's Prayer. We can thank Martin for getting me so involved with the, the Robertsons. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, so Jesus says, And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut your door, Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things uh, you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Um, so there he says, when we pray to God, our prayer should be, Lead us not, or do not lead us, or whatever version you want to use. Don't lead us into temptation. 
And that's something that I always wondered about. We actually did a study on the Lord's Prayer a couple of years ago. I say we, meaning like me and my um, Hill House group in Austin. And that was actually one of my questions. It's like, okay, so we've established that, you know, God doesn't tempt us, right? It says, oh, let me go back. Uh, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And so I was like, okay, so we've established that God doesn't tempt us. So why do we in scripture, uh, why, when we, when we're told to pray, do we ask God not to lead us into temptation? It's like, well, we know he wouldn't do that because he says he doesn't do that. So why are we saying don't do that? And um, I, I always love when I ask a question. I used to never ask questions, okay? used to never ask questions. Because anytime I asked a question, I knew that I was going to get judged by the question that I asked. And there's teachers that say there are no stupid questions. And then there are correct teachers who are like, oh, yeah, there's obviously stupid questions. <laughs> you know? They exist. You know? And, and the reason they say there are no stupid questions is because even if you don't know it, ask it. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you thought you about it a little bit more, you might have thought of it yourself. But there also might be somebody else in the room has who the has the same, same questions. Question, so you should ask it. It doesn't mean that there aren't stupid questions. You know. I have learned over the years that my questions are more verifications. Yeah. Because I may think something, but I'm not 100% sure, so I'm just going to double check. Uh, and I'm sorry. A lot of times you find that someone else in close proximity also had that same question. Yeah. I do that all the time. I'll walk into my manager's office and it's like, I know our policy. Yeah. And this is what we should do. But in this circumstance, I'm assuming that that's still the case. But uh, what is the. What's the word? Yeah. And then I always end up with somebody else in the office that also goes, yeah, I've wondered about that from time to time. And then you're sitting there like, oh, I'm so glad I asked. Yeah. So, you know, know, you're oftentimes not the only one that had that question. See, I would always think in my mind just because like, you know, there'd be some teachers like, you know, uh, you know, um, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions? Ask me anything. There are no stupid questions. Please ask me anything. And I'd be sitting there going like, uh, this is my opportunity. Did you drink coffee this morning? Um, <laughs> you know, why do you, why do your toes stink? You know, um, what's, what's the point of this bug on the ground? It's like, it's like, yeah, that's obviously a stupid question. It doesn't pertain to anything he was talking about, you know, but I was just like, this is an example of there are stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> I can prove you wrong. Yeah, I can prove you wrong. Um, and then, you know, the teacher would be like, you know, and I think I did ask a stupid question once just because the teacher said there are no stupid questions and they answered it. But I'm sure they're thinking like, I, I set myself up for that, didn't I? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I opened that door. That one's on me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all I'd of that had, to I'd say, fun with that as a teacher. all of that to say, when I was little, I didn't like asking a lot of questions because right. I didn't want to look stupid. Right. And. So anytime I asked a question and an adult was like, good question. I was always like, oh man, I'm so smart. Look at me and my <laughs> bad self, you know? And actually, you know who did it? It was actually Uncle Neil. 
because Uncle Neil, you know, he he can he can come off as judgmental, and maybe he is judging you. I just assume that everybody's judging, and so you just brush it off. You know, it it is what it I is. I think that man it, is in a constant state of thinking. Oh, I think he is too. I don't think um, I don't think thinking is ever something that he leaves. Like he lives in that life. Yeah, and so when I was a kid. You know, if we do something stupid, he'd let us know that it was very stupid in a condescending way to where I was like, well, I don't feel very good now. I, I, I feel stupid, you know. But, you know, at the end, he's like, he's completely right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was good to hear little confessions about little things that he's thought about before or did before. And I was like, oh, OK, well, he's done stupid things in his life before, too. That's good. Just yeah. making sure that he's he's normal, you know. Uh, but anyway, in Sunday school, if I ever asked a good like. If I asked any questions, you know, Uncle Neil would be like, um, you know, um, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. But then there was this one time where I asked a question. I was actually, Uncle Neil was talking about praying. He's talking about praying. I always love hearing him have those conversations. You know, and, you know, I was like probably six or seven, I guess, you know, because Uncle Neil was teaching the kids class. And I remember asking if God knows what we're going to pray if god knows everything why do i need to pray to him it's a very valid question you know i think there's and i asked it christians i asked it so carefully and slowly because i was like please don't call me stupid i don't want to look stupid you know stop me before I get. and so i asked and uncle neil goes oh good question Stuart. well done and I was just sitting there like, man, you could have given me a million bucks and I would have been just as happy. Yeah. You I know, mean, like I would just feel there's adults that yeah, still have that question. That's true. And so anyway, all of that to say. Later on in life, I asked the question, OK, if God. Doesn't tempt us, then why in the Lord's Prayer does he say, lead us not to temptation? It's like we know he's not going to do that. And I remember the. Um, Greg Grooms was like, "That's a good question, a very good question." I remember. Does he sound like Sean I, Connery? Uh, he's got this. It's hard to do his voice. It's very deep, and it's one of those voices. It's like when he talks, you listen. You know what I mean? Voices of authority. The Bible very, talks. Yeah, about voices that. of authority for sure. Um, my and dad has so one of those. I've always I, my whole life. I can't do a good Greg Grooms impression unless I'm like listening to him a lot. And even if I do do a good impression, I still won't sound. Well, as we'll just say he, he sounds as good as Sean Connery. Like, sure, everybody voice. loves Sean Connery. Uh, but whatever Gosh. the case, he was like, "That is a very good question," you know. And you know, and I had that little feeling of you know a little glimpse of Uncle Neil saying, "Good question." And I was like, "Oh, I feel good," you know. Anyway. Um, Stuart, let's take a break right there. We'll answer the question when we come back. All right, we are back. We're back. Okay, so, um, yeah, so to answer this question, um, don't, um, when we, when we pray, uh, lead us not into temptation. If I remember correct, the answer that I got was basically, yes, God does not tempt us. We understand that. But oftentimes, more often than not, it seems like he might be. And so 
our desire is to not be tempted. Don't lead us into temptation. It's kind of like when God promises something, we don't need to say, you know, well, it might or might not happen because God has promised it. It will happen. But one thing that God tells us to do is to remind him of his promises. So if you don't mind. Sure. That just like sparked and it was before you were finished. I was already sure, sure. trying to not interrupt. But by that statement, which I totally find just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a good example of the 23rd Psalm. Mm-hmm. Lead me between, beside still waters. Yes. The counteracting what we know. Right. And reminding God of his of his promises. Exactly. The whole that that whole the whole psalm really yeah, yeah. is kind of that, hey, remember this. And I think a lot of times what we get confused with is what seems like temptation is actually testing. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not so think about the intent here. So Abraham. if you're tempting somebody, yeah. Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, for sure. That was not God tempting, you know, Abraham to do something evil. That right. was him testing him Just to see if he would follow his what metal. he said. Right. You know, and so it's like, um, you know, there's women all over the place. I'm happily married, but that doesn't mean that I can't look at other women. There, You know, there's always going to be them around and i can think about it and be like is god tempting me with all of these other women when i'm happily married over here it's like no 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 god's intent is not for me to turn my attention away from my wife it's a test yeah right so job it when you um when you're administering a test in school, the teacher is not putting questions just so that you will get them wrong. He's not trying. Well, some teachers do try to fail you, and I think that there's something wrong with that sometimes, beside the point. But God's not trying to fail us, okay? He's given us all the tools that we need, mm-hmm. and... A test is a good thing because it tells us where we are weak. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so a test is to reveal what we know. Right. Okay. It's not to, there's no good or bad or ill intent there. It's to reveal what we know. And again, that goes back to what I was saying about Job. Right. Job is the perfect picture frame for that exactly you know satan comes and goes hey i want to i want to mess around with your people and god goes hey have job and i know what he is made of yeah and and you won't be able to turn him and so when he says you know when jesus god tells us to pray saying lead us not into temptation but deliver us you know um but deliver us from the evil one he's saying you know god it's basically you're telling God, please uphold your promises. Don't let me be tempt, tempted, you know, um, allow me to, you know, essentially pass the tests, you know, don't, you know, 
don't don't tempt me like you said that you wouldn't right um it's kind of like when you have a, a kid who's having a birthday party you know and he's like dad dad i'm gonna have a birthday party and your dad's like yes of course you are well tomorrow morning the kid's not gonna be like you know um dad i understand that i'm having a birthday party in three days and so i'm not gonna say anything else about it because um you know uh, obviously you'll uphold your end of the bargain and I will have a birthday party in three days, you know? No, next day the kid's going to be like, dad, dad, I want to have my birthday. And then your dad's like, I know, you know, you're going to have one. I've already said you will. And the next day he's like, dad, dad, my birthday party. I'm so excited. You know, it's like, you know, um, we can get really excited about these things. And so we remind, and it's not a bad thing. We are reminding our parents or whatever, what they told us, what they promised us. And so we do the same thing with God. We're reminding God what he promised. You know, it's just like if there's a bunch of sin going on in this world, if there's a bunch of terrible things happening to us, God says, hey, it's eventually going to end. Okay, I will bring all evil to justice. And we're over here enduring it forever. And we're like, God, come bring some justice like you said you'd bring. It's about time now, you know. And so we're just simply reminding God of his promises and asking him to bring it as soon as he can, you know. And so I think that's what's going on here. So let's keep going. Let's keep reading on here. Um, so let's see. Oh, this is the Matthew 6, 13. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, let's see. Luke eleven four, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. That's kind of reiterating some of the Lord's prayer there. Um, let's see, First Corinthians seven two, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman with her own husband, and that's to remove, you know the chance of temptation, you know, obviously you can be tempted by everybody and, you know, you're, you're going to fail the test here, but if you are sexually, um, uh, fulfilled with your wife, if you're sexually gratified regularly with your wife, if you're sexually content with her, if you're filled up with her, you won't have time for these other women. You know, you're going to be satisfied, right? Um, and so that's what he's saying here is since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. So, you know, keep it with your wife and that will keep you from giving in to the temptations with other women so much. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you, um, I, I think I've said enough there. That's, uh, you know, um, let's see, 13, uh, first Corinthians 10, 13, God is faithful. He will not let, let me, let me pause you yeah, right sure. there. So I will say if anyone, if anyone does struggle with that, cause I think that's important. Read that whole chapter. Yes. Uh, first Corinthians seven. Cause that's what I was just like rolling through. If that is a struggle for you, read it. Yeah, absolutely. Read it, uh, and I meditate on. I it. would not really shame away from saying read it with your significant other. Yeah. Um, this is again. I, I run into this 
all the time. I've read this. Mm-hmm. This is not new information. Yeah. But in the context that I just thought about it, I was like, man, if anyone's struck, I wonder what it. I wonder what the rest of this chapter has. Read it, guys. The uh, men specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, this goes back to you know my my favorite verse, the man of God. Yeah, absolutely. You know, First uh, Timothy six eleven. This will help you run down on everything that that verse is trying to tell you about. As a man of God, this is this is a this is a good chapter, and I'm unfortunately sad to say that you know I hadn't really ever thought about it in this aspect as a whole for help. Yes, because I'm not the first man to say that that is always going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Your always. entire life, always, you are born into that struggle, and it is what it is. But not falling to that temptation. Being content, being fulfilled, read this verse. Yeah, anyway, that's why I absolutely. said that was not a promotion. But, so this you know. is probably. <laughs> um, <sound> like that. <laughs> I think First Corinthians ten thirteen is kind of the one that uh, one of the bigger ones that you're wanting to hit on. Yes. Uh, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Oh, the first thing that I can think of there is Daniel. Yeah, but I also think that goes right back to what you were saying about the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, it really does. Though I know this is a test kind of thing. Yeah. You know, bring out the best in this. That's kind of, again, I've also never thought of like Psalms 23 being kind of the counterbalance of that. I think that's what we're kind of seeing here. Continue on. I didn't mean to. Oh, well, um, Let's see. Uh, did you want me to stop there? Um, oh, that me? was that. That was the one, the big one. Okay. Okay. Uh, but you were about to say something, and I interrupted. Oh no, you're good. I was. I don't remember what I was about to say. I think I was going to talk a little bit more about First Corinthians ten thirteen. Um, Go for it. I. I don't remember what I was going to say though. I was I was on a thought path, and I apologize because i ran into that entirely yeah well one thing i can pull from this though is that um he he points out here something that's it's true for everybody it says no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind so he's like it doesn't really matter what's tempting you it yeah. could be that cookie over there it could be the temptation to take another glass of uh whiskey or beer when you've had too much it could be the temptation to overeat to say something to somebody that you really shouldn't. Um, it could be the temptation to have, you know, if you're looking at that woman too long, you know, and you go have relations with her. Oh yeah. You're married by the way, you know, ah, those, those are all temptations. And what he's saying is none of those are uncommon. Yeah. You're all of those temptations are common. Everybody has them. Everybody. It's common, okay? And as much as that should be a relief, it should also be for you kind of a, an anvil. Right, right. For you to be able to take and hold close to God. Yeah. You know, to, to be able to have that anchor to say, I'm married. That's what it is. My ship is there. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people don't have that courage. Yeah. Continue. And he says, and God is faithful 
he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So it doesn't really matter what temptation there is that's that's pulling at you. You can overcome it. You can bear it. It is possible. God has given you that. But it's your selfish, sinful desires that give in. When, uh, you've seen Courageous, right? Yes. So usually there's about, I'd say, 40% of their movies that they put out that I actually go, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Top notch. Yeah. Um, Courageous is probably one of the top two that I would mm-hmm. say. And I always love that scene where he's getting that job. And the guy asks him, hey, I want you to lie about this shipment tomorrow. Yeah. You know. And he goes, you know, he has this conflict in himself of do I want the job or do I want to stand on my, you know, my beliefs and not be tempted by that? Because, I mean, hey, job, no job. The temptation is just like you're just stacking bricks. Yeah. And the idea that someone walks away from this potential and is able to put themselves on this path of, I'm going to do this because that's what God wants. That's that test we're talking about. Right. Do you want to fall into sin or are you going to stand on what you believe? And obviously in the end, he stands on what he believes and he gets a job because that's what they wanted to hear. And it's a lot the same with God. Yeah. You know, these situations that you get put in, they're not, I, I I love my mom for this. I'll, I'll call her and I'll give her some jargon about, you know, what I'm going through and her answer over years, all my life. It's never changed. You know what she says to me? What's that? This too in time shall pass. No, Greg, there's something you haven't learned. Oh, the reason you've been put in this again is because you didn't learn it the first time. Gotcha. So whatever you need to learn, you, you need to start praying about it. That's right. Hopefully you not learn the from first it this time. time. Yeah. It's not the first time. And it's usually something simple, but it's like, I'm still being put into this, yeah. you know? And when I call mom and start venting and that's always her resolve is, Hey, this is not your first rodeo with this. So what did you miss the first time? Yeah. Because God keeps you here because you haven't learned from it. Yeah. And I, I think that's powerful. Because it a is. lot of times we get put in those positions and we get the opportunity to learn from it, but that doesn't mean we're going to do it. Yeah, it's true. You know, the opportunity is there. It's just like you got to open that door and yeah. he's not going to open it for you. And, you know, it says, uh, but when you are tempted and he's basically saying, hey, look, you're going to be tempted. All yeah, right? that's a good something you you will be. You will tempt yourself by something. You know? Yeah, 100 percent. When you're tempted. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So, yeah, it's like you can get through it. And when I think about like Daniel, you know, um, when he is tempted by Potiphar's wife. Oh, yeah. I mean, like as far as temptation goes. Joseph. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Joseph. I said Daniel. I was you thinking, did. Yeah, and then yeah. as soon as I heard Daniel and Potiphar, I knew I what you were that, talking about. But I was like, well, I said that a couple of times, didn't I? No, you're right. I, I meant Joseph. I meant Joseph. It was, um, it was the second time that I thought, well, hold on. Yeah, he's 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 not firing all cylinders there. Um, <laughs> yes, Joseph. Yes, that is a great example. Joseph. Um, 
it was a perfect setup for him to have a wild night, you know. Uh, first off, Potiphar's wife has been planning this for a while. Yeah. You know, oh, he's not here. You know, what a good opportunity. She's already in bed, ready and waiting for him to come in. And, you know, <laughs> she's like, hey, I've got it all set up. The music is on low. I think I got a bottle of wine over here for us. It's going to be <laughs> really great, you know. Uh, who wouldn't want this opportunity? Am I right? Am I right? Have you seen this? You know, and Joseph is like, why would you do that to God? God has put me in a situation where I've got it made. I've literally got it made, you know, and if I do that, that would compromise my relationship with God. And God doesn't deserve that. God didn't do anything to me that I should do this to him. See, and that's the way we should so honestly be thinking all I'm the time. I'm not going to do that. And he leaves. And she's like, you know, whoa, hey, no, you know, grabs his cloak and then makes a big fuss about it, gets mad at him because she's all hot and ready. And so she's just like, wow, wow, I'll show him, you know, and boy, she See raises this the ruckus, goes. puts him in prison and all that, you know. But God did not forget that. That's right. It's exactly right. God did not forget that. And so, you know, anyway, let's put it this way. If that happened to anybody now, even like a Christian now, and, you know, Potiphar and his wife are going through a divorce, you know, there's a big scandal, blah, 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 and it comes up that, you know, uh, you're the guy that, you know, that she did it with that one night, you know, and you were telling your part of the story and you're just like, she was there and this is going on and this is going on. And she set it up and she was talking about this the whole time. Blah, 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 blah. Any guy now would listen to that and be like, dude, like, I get it. I understand. You're put in a really hard position. I don't know if I could have but... been able to bear that, you know. And so it's really understandable. And that's kind of what uh, Paul's saying here in 13, saying no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Everybody was thinking it, you know. But you can bear it. And just like Joseph did. And God has provided that way out for you. That's right. And so really what we don't want to think about in the middle of sin is God. While we're in the middle of sinning, the last thing that we want to think about is the person who is the one man, the one entity that can accuse us, that knows what our sin is, you know. Should we bring up Jonah? And that is God. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should, Jonah should, should we have should we have that conversation? Jonah was now? blameless to everybody. Oh, he was he was and anybody right. that told, you know, anybody that Jonah like if he told somebody, hey, I'm I'm running away because my God wants me to go to Nineveh and I don't want to go there. Anybody would be like, dude, your God's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You don't want to go there. But you're also in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you know, but God did see and he always does see. He always knows. And so what was Daniel doing in the moment when, you know, Potiphar's, uh, what was Joseph, Joseph doing in the moment when Potiphar's wife was tempting him? He said he put his mind on God where it should be. And he said, 
I mean, Daniel did get Why tempted. would I do that to God? And so that's the correct response. Be thinking about God. And honestly, when we, when we, um, when I keep talking about, you know, uh, somebody's armor, somebody wasn't wearing their armor, and so they gave into this sin to that sin or something like that, or this or that happened, ultimately, you taking off your armor happens whenever you take your eyes, thoughts, whatever, off of God. When you take your attention away from God, that is what taking off your armor means. And so Daniel was able to... Joseph, my brain is stuck on Daniel. We're going to talk about Daniel's sin next, yeah. <laughs> just so we can get it out. We're going to talk he... about Daniel's sin with Bathsheba and <laughs> what Jonah did about it. <laughs> it's like, Stuart, that's all messed up. Anyway, da- Daniel, Daniel's sin, I guess, will be next on the book, just so we can get it out. That temptation, the lion's den, we'll just, re- we'll oh, just hit that my next. Goodness. Uh, but anyway, that's what joseph did is he had his eyes on god you know he said why would i do that to god and he wasn't telling potiphar's wife why would i do that to your husband he's done great things for me you know why would i do that to you you know you're the you're the woman of the household and so by way of your husband you've done great things for me you know but he said no why would I do that to Which is funny God. that you say that because he 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 would be sinning against both of them. He would be. And God. But he ultimately knew it'd be against God. Who am I going to have to answer to if I do this? Exactly. And so that's what you should always be thinking, especially in the midst of temptation and or sin. So that's all I have to say about that. Well, we're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. Yes, we are. Okay, so did you want me to go ahead and go into this next one or talk a little? Daniel? Yeah, Daniel, <laughs> that's right. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, I do want you to go into that. So okay. one that I think is, um, and, and this is kind of, I think we should handle temptation the way Jesus handles temptation. Mm-hmm. Because I think, and I mean, I think a lot of scholars will agree with me. But mm-hmm. I think our life on a daily basis should mimic Christ. Yeah. Um, I say that, but there are a lot of people that don't think about it that way. Uh, and it's not intentional, mm-hmm. but your life should mimic Christ. Yes. That is that is the goal. And, you know, you have all these parables, the way he handled things. I mean, the whole New Testament is what to do. It's kind of like the whole Old Testament, in my opinion, is kind of examples. Mm-hmm. And then the New Testament seems to be a lot of how-to. Right. And I could be wrong on that, but I kind of think it, you know, the, the New Testament is a how-to yeah. manual. A lot of it is and the, the Old Testament of... is Yeah, and the Old Testament is here's what's happened. Yeah. And um, with that comes the way that Jesus, you know, he handled it very similar. You know, it was a Mount of Olives. Mm-hmm. Handled it very similar. But I think this verse specifically in the way that he handles it with Peter, because Peter was acting irrational and Peter himself was being tempted. 
And then you have Jesus's response, which I think is the same way we should handle it. So, Stuart, go ahead and read that for us, and we'll. So now, hold on. I'm it. reading uh, Luke four eight. Yes. Okay. Or a li- there should be a little bit before that and a little bit after. Okay. For the contextual standpoint, um, what's going on? I can start at four five. That's fine. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and the devil said to him. All this authority I will give to you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So do you want to hear the funny part or the not funny part? Uh, like a good laugh. <laughs> Start laughing. Uh, that was one of the verses I was talking about, but that wasn't the one that I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. Now, a little bit of context. I, I was like reiterating Luke 4, 8, 8, 4, 4 8. So, because you're mentioning when, Peter when, a lot. When, and I was when like, you did that, you really disturbed me because I was like, I have, I have, I have a mistake. <laughs> I have, I have oh, overstepped that, my bounds. Like, oh it, boy. it feels like you're wanting Peter, but you're getting Satan over here, and so I'm like, yeah. but no, I reiterated. I was like, okay, here it goes. Uh, um, which one were you thinking of? The one where, like, quite literally, Peter goes yeah. in. Hold on, hold on. It's it, it's coming. I've got like, verse is this. Oh, I feel so ashamed at the moment. Oh, hold on. Try Mark 8, 33. <laughs> Mark, Mark 8. Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. This was, I, well, I didn't plan. In your defense, I, I was giving uh, uh, Daniel a lot of flack for, but <laughs> not flack. I was praising Daniel for what Joseph did. <laughs> uh, we're really together. I mean, it's the Florida air. It's still that's what it is. It's still running around our brain. That's right. All right. So you said Matthew eight. We'll we'll try Matthew eight thirty three with a All question right. mark. Eight thirty three with a question mark. I think. Uh, I don't think. You don't think? Okay. No. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hold on, hold on one second. Nobody, n- nobody talk for a minute. Nobody move. I got, I, I got this. You know what? Google is a fine tool. Hey, Google. Where does Jesus call Peter dad? Uh, <laughs> Satan. Try, try Matthew sixteen twenty one. Just, 16, just for grins. Twenty one through maybe fifteen. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, it? That's it. Yeah. Okay. So that's <laughs> where. Where's Martin when you need him? Right. <laughs> I know the man. Like he puts me to shame with like he can tell you exactly where everything is. I'm like, that's I right. really, I really struggle. Yeah. And you know what? That's honestly, if any of the listeners can pray for me on that, that is something I need to get better at. Just Same. like knowing where it is. The only one who's better at that than Martin is Debbie. And. <laughs> I mean, they're two peas in a pod. What do you My say? Goodness. I mean, they're they're great at that. It's cool because he'll make a little mistake, like you know, it's this verse and this verse, 
and then he'll quote it and debbie will be like it's this verse and this verse and martin's like oh oh yeah 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 it's that one it's great. You know? but then then debbie will say something and martin's like babe babe it's this one over here and she's like oh yeah you know um so anyway it is sweet anyway um matthew sixteen twenty one. from that time jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to jerusalem and suffer many things yeah that's what i have written down here thank you priests and scribes <laughs> and be killed and be raised the third day then peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying far be it from you lord this shall not happen to you and he jesus turned and said to peter get behind me satan you are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of god but the things of men did you see how jesus handled it the same way yeah funny how that works like it's like um your mind is not on god right now but that's such a simple that's such a simple way of handling it and yeah, that's why i say yeah. our life on a daily basis should be a mimic of christ yeah and what better way to handle temptation than that yeah so that's all I had. If you don't mind praying us out. Sure, I do not mind at all. Let's let's pray. Great Father in heaven, uh, since I mentioned him, we think about Martin and his lovely wife, Debbie, and pray that you would bless them. Uh, we thank you for uh, wise men of the faith who uh, memorize your scriptures. Lord, it's good to have Amen. your scriptures in mind and in heart and written on our heart. Uh, even if we, even if we know things to be true, um, but we don't remember where to find it, it's really nice. It's really nice to have have it on our heart and have those memorized. And I am terrible with that. And uh, Rick has confessed that he's not very good either. And so we pray that you would <laughs> no. you would uh, um, uh, give us the gift of memory and retention, and uh, so let us uh, meditate on your word and. Um, Write it on our hearts, Lord. Uh, if not the exact verse and words, at least write the essence and the wisdom behind it on our hearts. Um, and make us useful uh, to all those around us. Now, we also pray that you would be with us, Lord, and uh, remove us from temptation. We do ask, Lord, that you would um, lead us not into temptation. I pray that you would... Uh, um, that we would not be be tested too regularly because uh, I personally know that uh, sometimes I am not prepared for the test as I should be. And I'm really worried about the outcome. Likewise. Um, so Lord, I pray that you would uh, please keep us from temptation. Uh, lead us not in the way of temptation. And I pray that you would, <clears throat> that you would not ever tempt us. Uh, I pray that uh, that would never be and that uh, we would always be um, yes and amen in Christ, that we would uh, put our minds on you, focus on you, even in the midst of a test. Uh, when we are tested, I pray that we would pass and that we would uh, get an attaboy and a pat on the back um, and a look of love from our dear Father in heaven. But Lord, I pray that when we do fail, that you would have mercy on us and that you would love us and that uh, you would forgive us for our sins. And we thank you for opening a pathway for our salvation and freedom from our sins through Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you would 
um, make us, uh, uh, sanctify us, Lord, daily, and bring us closer to your perfection. And I pray that you would be with us this day and the next. It is in Christ's name that we come before you and pray. Amen. Amen. And with that, we say, Adios. Adios.